Hello, Saints. I would say good morning, but I also can say good evening to those of you that might be joining us from another continent. Uh, Welcome to the fall edition of our season's broadcast. I'm so excited to be here in the broadcast studio with um, our dear Apostle Ron Crawford. Hello. Cheering section. And our beloved teacher seer here in the house, Stacy McGill. Oh, hello. It's so good to be together. We've got the apostle, the prophet, and the teacher here with us. And and so we are just really excited about what the Lord has been revealing to us through, gosh, this long season that we've been in. Um, I can say for me, this is tracking back about a year and a half from really the beginning of the lockdown that we had when, when things shut down and the Lord, um, although he didn't stop moving, um, here in the natural things just really slow down. And if ever I can say this is a do and a teach situation, I think I can speak for all three of us that it has been that for this topic that we're talking about today, which is the rest of God. Now that sounds kind of, that could go either way. What I'm talking about is his rest, our place of rest in him, which we understand it to be um, the Shabbat, Uh, the Sabbath, the Nuah, the Manuka. We're going to talk about all of those things throughout this broadcast. Now, this is episode one of this series, and we don't know how many episodes we will have in this. I'm thinking probably three, but this is the first one for us talking about rest. And so I really want to encourage all of you to get your Bibles out. We don't have an actual official outline to to post. Um, Actually, we could do that. But um, you got your Bibles there. I would get some pen and some paper so that you can take notes so that you can jot down these scriptures. This truly is a word from the Lord for us as his people in this hour. And he is truly teaching us about what it means to um, exist and to go forth from his place of rest or his breath. And so I, um, I love that. And um, you guys have anything to add to the intro? It's great to be here. We're looking forward <laughs> to the study. And um, this is a timely word for the Lord's season. Amen. 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 So we're just going to jump right in and and I'm just going to I'm going to begin by quoting something that is written in one of our books in the Nematocos bookshop here at the Father's Church and it was written by Apostle Ron and it's talking about the rest of God and what it says is rest is often associated with refreshment from weariness in our human existence. But it really has no bearing when considering the capacities of God. God never sleeps or slumbers. He is never weary. We easily view God from the perspective of our own frailty. But the Ancient of Days does not mean that God is elderly, frail, or tired. He intends on us to enter into his rest. But that rest is not necessarily the way that we envision it. And I love that because that is so true. When we, you know, we are spirit beings dwelling in his spirit. His spirit dwells within us. And 
it's from that place of his breath within us that that really enables us to go forth and do exploits for him to accomplish the mission that he has given for us to accomplish yeah and see that's such a good thought for us because you cannot separate the rest of God from his labors you cannot separate that and that's something that Satan has tried to lure the church into Uh, we've said this in the past that you know sometimes a visitation of the spirit births some kind of a spiritual movement in God and people come to a point where they feel they have brought a fulfillment and then they just stop and success kills that ongoing flow of the spirit and I think sometimes Christians view rest as a kicking back as you know we're done now we're done now but even in the concept of rest wherever you find it in the Lord it is a refurbishing it is a reflection it is it is an enjoyment it is a triumphing in the tasks that we've accomplished with God and on behalf of God but there's always an eye toward moving forward so rest is not a finish line even though it is Mm -hmm. and by that I mean you come in you dwell in the rest of the Lord but the the continued factor of rest leads you to a target point of what God is wanting to accomplish. God is always moving forward. Mm -hmm. A wind is always blowing. If a wind stops blowing, it's not wind anymore. So we want the wind of the Spirit. When does the wind stop blowing? It doesn't ever stop blowing. And so when does breath stop? Oh, I want the breath of the Lord. Well, God's breath is always doing something. If you stop breathing, then you're just air. And now, now the enemy is the prince of the power of the air. He wants people to just exist and do nothing. But if you want the wind, if you want the breath, yeah. You know, sometimes like you, you work out a lot. I want to catch my breath. I want to take a breather. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you're done. No. You're going forward next. And you're triumphing in what has been done, but you're looking forward to what you're going to do next so I think rest is not an absence of labor it is a triumph of perspective and that's something that we have to you think about it I mean I've pastored for a long time I would see I would hear people who are as old as I am now saying well I've done my part now it's time for somebody else to do well, that's baloney. I mean, if you if you ever say that and you kick back and you stop, you might as well just go ahead and die. You're just existing then. And so the rest of the Lord is not just existing. It is through eternity we're going to continue. How would we have rest in eternity? Well, we don't have a physical body. We've got a spiritual body. What is rest then? You're not going to need, like you talked about God he's not sitting back in his easy chair saying man this was rough so um, I love what you said about um, just thinking about like an athlete 
and thinking about like in a hard <clears throat> where you're exerting yourself you're you're trying to gain strength through physical whatever that might be and you get out of breath and then you stop for a minute you pause you take deep breaths and you and you you press on that's how you gain endurance you know and how you know the bible talks about really running the race that is set before us if we just whenever we get winded or get out of breath just sit back and quit that endurance is not strengthened in us and and it's very difficult to run that race and so it really applies to our our physical body as well as our spiritual body which that's just like god yeah yeah and and you think about it and i know we're going to be talking about the sabbath here in a moment but that was kind of the concept, kind of a perversion of the concept when I was growing up and when many people growing up, you know, they think Sabbath day, which is usually really, I don't want to get Seventh Day Adventist, but it's the seventh day, which is, is basically Saturday. Right. Sunday is the first day of week, according to scripture. <laughs> but we weren't allowed to do anything. You just don't do anything on the seventh day. You know, you don't play a game. You don't watch TV. You don't do anything. And it was the idea of just stop it, as if somehow that was glorifying God. That's not what rest is. That's And it doesn't glorify God. Just stopping. Unless God's directing you in a strategic moment, stand. But standing isn't stopping. I mean, standing in the gap isn't stopping. Um, so... There's a concept here involved in rest that is not a cessation of of what our task is. It may be, okay, stop with the labors you've been doing to this point. You know, like if I'm painting a room, I mean, and I complete that room, well, yeah, I stop painting, uh, but... I'm probably not done with the project. So I think I think that this issue of rest has been so perverted in the thinking of most Christians and certainly um, in many, many churches, but it is probably the most powerful depiction of partnership with God of anything in the word because it's from the time of beginnings right right okay so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and launch into our first scripture and really this is the first um, issue I could say of the concept of rest and it's interesting because this first issue it involves God alone doesn't involve mankind it just involves God which really drives home our point earlier when we talked about you know God doesn't sleep or slumber he's not weary but yet he found it necessary to rest to step into that measure of Shabbat so it's Genesis 2 and we're going to read verses 1 through 3 if somebody would like to read that yeah thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them and on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made and he rested which is Shabbat on the seventh day from all his work which he had made and God blessed which is Barak 
the seventh day and sanctified Kadash because that in it he had rested Shabbat from all his work which God created and made I could make a comment I I really see him loving his creation and taking the time to enjoy it and wanting to abide with it and this is you know before we were here (laughs) yeah but he loved he loved his creation so much yeah, I love that. Um, we, we've talked a lot about, been a lot of teaching about the Sabbath and about what that actually means because, like was said earlier, I think it's one of the mi- most misunderstood concepts in Scripture that um, I'm so thankful that the Lord has breathed revelation into what that means. But we understand the Sabbath to be really a day of active blessing. It's a day where holy purpose of God is contemplated and is activated. And um, it speaks of the ways of God. It's, it's really a time of where we focus on completion of task, on reflection of successful victories, where we walk in joyful anticipation for the new and the creative work of God that's ahead for us. But it was never intended to be a day of inactivity, but a day of reflection and of proactive preparation for us. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's very interesting when it says that the heavens and the earth were finished. Uh, that The word for finished there is kala, and it it uh, it is the word that, is also used throughout all the Aramaic languages for the daughter-in-law or the woman that is now married to the son. And it's it's not, you know, you think about a marriage or or bride. Is that an ending? Well, for some people it is. <laughs> but, but no, that's a beginning. And, and that term was used in a lot of the... Um, the business negotiations, like if if something was agreed upon, that began, it meant the beginning of progress or the beginning of something that had been agreed upon to to let something go forward. And of course, we know in the book of Revelation that um, when uh, John is asked by the angel, you know, you want to see, here's the bride of Christ and the new heavens and the new earth, God created this earth as a point of on invitation to us as his creation to partner with him so i think it's interesting that the heavens and the earth the heavens and the earth were finished that word is really interesting because it does invite like a nuptial it it, it invites here is the place where i'm going to partner uh with my bride so it's it is a beginning. So finished is not a conclusion. It is, but it's not. You know, sometimes when there's a wedding, you're planning a wedding. Monica's getting ready to <laughs> to engage in that for her son, and um, it, when you finally get that done, you think, why didn't we just elope? And it feels like oh, I'm glad this is. You know, it's been wonderful, but woo. But is that an end? Well, it is, but it's a beginning. It's more of a beginning than it is an end. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but the specific thing leading up to that beginning is ended. 
That's so good. So <laughs> that's good. That word there is often looked, you know, over. Okay, God did that. Well, he didn't just do it. He did it for a reason for us to partner with him. That's good. I love it, too, because it, it talks about, it says he rested on the seventh day. And then in, in, in verse 3, it says, and God blessed, he barocked the seventh day, and he sanctified it. But we understand that principle of the barak, which comes from the root meaning to kneel, which means um, to kneel before one that you serve, a master or something like that, to be commissioned to go forth. And so all that was happening, too, in the midst of this um, this establishing that Shabbat, that Sabbath uh, moment for really, yeah. yeah. And ended is that same word, kalah. So, so you have the, the finished and... Um, and all the host of them and on the seventh day God ended his work so he has a double issuance of that um, and then he institutes in that concept of seven which as you just said is the seven spirits and on that time we need to learn to kneel before him for a commissioning and a, an understanding of what's coming next very prolific Yeah, we really should consider um, the Sabbath as one where we are caught up into his presence for instruction, for direction, for really the empowerment, the energy for the purpose of his kingdom. And, and you know, I've really tried. This, is, this has been going on. I can speak personally, and I'm sure that you all have a, a similar or your own testimony, but this has been going on with me for about a year and a half where I feel like the Lord has been trying to teach me about what this what what this looks like and and how I am to be in this you know this is to be really my existence in him in all that I do in ministry and in, in my life and it's it's really been life changing after 20 years of laboring um in so many different ways which has been fruitful for all of us it's it's just been so transforming for me to to really breathe this in and to make this just the reality of my existence in him a state of being you know where the holy ghost his breath his saintly wind um is not only upon me but i'm resting in it and from that place going forth in it and going forth to accomplish what all he has for me. And it really has eliminated every measure of striving that I knew that I was doing, just trying to do well, just trying to do good, just trying to do the job well. And that's not what he had. That will exhaust you. And, and I think that's where I came. I came to, just to this place where he almost just halted it by his design to show me where I was striving, and I'm just being transparent, where I was striving in my own strength to do, to fight the good fight. And he just said, I have such a better way for you. And, and even though that breath and that, that, that state of being was always there with me, I didn't have really the deeper revelation of it, to draw from it. And, and so I'm very thankful. 
Well, I see it as a provision. So yeah. he sets you up to succeed. Yeah. And and like I said earlier, he loves his creation so much and he loves us so much. You know, he made day and night. Some creatures sleep during the day and I sleep at night. <laughs> but some, he, some creatures sleep both. Yeah. <laughs> Those some never a lot of rest because they're going to be really productive one day. But it's so it's so we can um, we have the ability to fulfill his will. So mm-hmm. without it, I don't know. <laughs> we would just be disobedient and and he would even there's an example in Leviticus 26 that the the people were not obeying the Sabbath and he he said I'll read it uh, then shall the land enjoy her Sabbath as long as it lie desolate and and he even gave the land to the enemies even then shall the land rest and enjoy her Sabbath it's so important to him that he even wanted his land to enjoy the Sabbath so I think that we should be obedient and abide with him on these um, these opportunities he gives us, these pieces of space, whether it's um, prayer or just quieting everything down, uh, let the Lord stop, I mean, let the, the earth stop for a minute and just listen to him. Yeah, that's good. Do you want to share? Uh, just, I know that you... Well, I, I think I think that that's a very interesting reference about the land, and if we had a horticulturist here, if Dr. Shea was with us, she could talk about what goes on in needing to, uh, the different things that need to happen to the land, like one of them is, you know, you give that that rest for the field to, to have a season off, or even when burning, when a lot of times people burn burn the land, it's that, that the visitation of judgment and burning to get it ready, and there are things that happen there I remember one time hearing uh, Shay teach on this and how that that then welcomes to some, I'm butchering this, but that welcomes different variations of light which would align with sunship, that the spectrum of light for sunship. Mm. But you, you look at you look at this here in Genesis two. So you've got you've got God preparing the place as he would for a beginning, whether it's a daughter in law or the, the beginning of a business partnership you've got the Shabbat which is I looking at what has come and and looking to what's coming you've got the Barak where you're kneeling before God for a commissioning and then you have the Kadash which is a variation of Kadesh which is the glory and that's when God wants to do something that he's not done He's looking for someone to partner with him to reflect that glory and then to go forward. And so you have all of these mighty themes put together. You think, okay, if, if we line them up, you've got a marriage, you've got the seventh day, or in that, in that seventh, the seven spirits, you've got the kneeling before God for a commissioning and in submission, you've got the glory You've got at least those four, and that's all mighty principles that are put into this this very beginning thing, and and how I, I guess to me there's so many factors to this, but it's a matter of perspective. Whatever we're doing, is it accomplishing? what we've been commissioned to do? Is it accomplishing the partnership with his glory? Is it accomplishing 
our being betrothed to God as either sons or the bride? Is it accomplishing what in his ways? I mean, no matter what we're going through, you cannot, ex you, you must not exempt yourself from any of those because that's the main thing. That's the eternal thing. And I, I would say, now I know we're not talking about Manucha here, but I would think that all of these factors here have to be present and functional in any kind of ongoing temple foundational dwelling. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have them, then it is not one of those dwellings. And all of those factors are possible because of the breath, because of the spirit. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. that that is, I mean, that's the premise behind all of it is that all of those things, well, God is breath. Um, but I love, too, just all the things that you described, they're all in this atmosphere of creativity. And, and you guys, I mean, that's what God as his sons, who the spirit of the Lord, the saintly wind, is supposed to rest upon us for that work of, of creativity and restoration and all of those things that he calls us as sonship. But he demonstrated that right here yeah. in this first issuance of what the Shabbat or the rest means. And, and this is where God comes to establish his throne yeah. because of all of these factors yeah. and if if you're not you may be able to talk about his presence coming in which God is wonderful you may be talking about a visitation which is wonderful you may be God to God who's so much a God of goodness doing something for you showing his compassion which is wonderful but if you really want to partner with God where you're just with him this is what he has to have and we 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 need to labor to enter into that yes yeah. and and so you know i think this particular season in the world and for us as saints is a really unique transitional moment in the timetable of god where See, that's the beauty of God. He can do this on an individual. He's doing this on an individual level. He's doing this in a, in an histemeterio level. He's doing this in a corporate level. But he's also doing it in a heavenly level. He's doing it in all these other things. And all of those things, like atoms, are moving around. But then you've got the overall timetable of God. And we've come into a point where all of those things align it's like the silence in heaven moment and that's rest mm -hmm. and so if there was ever a time we needed to apply this and learn from it it's now amen amen i one of the i think hebrew probably most well-used hebrew expressions is Shabbat Shalom mm -hmm. and it's 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 a greeting it's you know we talk about when people say Shalom 
and we've we've studied about what that means but that shabbat shalom i think is so prophetic because it literally translates as what is the state of your peace and and we understand peace is is not just you know making the peace sign and everything is cool and you know yeah peace is accepting that mission and being sent forth in the assignment that God has given to you and coming back in in a measure of completion and and so I say to you Shabbat Shalom and to you Shabbat Shalom (laughs) (laughs) yeah so well, I do have a scripture while well, we transition to wherever we're going next. But I do have a scripture to sort of back up what you were saying about obeying him. Um, I just remembered in Leviticus 26 earlier in that chapter, um, he said, If you keep my Sabbath and reverence my sanctuary, I am the Lord. That's 26.2. But then you go down to 12. There's some other promises he makes. But then you go down to 12 and he said, I will walk among you mm. and I will be your God. And you shall be my people. And I know this is Old Testament, but it's still true today. And it just, again, shows that, that how much he wants to abide with us and wants us to abide with him. Yeah, that's so good. And that really is going to help us segue to where we're going. Um, You know, in Scripture, oftentimes there will be very similar were um, passages of scripture maybe with a different Greek word or here we have a different Hebrew word but we're going to jump into Exodus 20 we're going to read verses 10 and 11 this is when Moses was issuing or the Lord was issuing the Ten Commandments through Moses and this one speaks of the Sabbath Um, and we're just going to look at some differences in this yet the principle remains the same so could somebody read Exodus 20, verses 10 through 11? Would you read sure, it again? Please? Sure, sure, sure. Um, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor the stranger that is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Sorry, I didn't put the definitions in there. No, that's good. That's perfect. So in this passage, you know, we we have really the same concept, the same principle where it says, and he rested the seventh day. But what we want you to notice here is that this word for rested is not the Shabbat. It is the Nuah. And we understand we've done just deep, deep studies on the breath of God, but we understand that that new all is that actively abiding breath of God. So in that place of his abiding breath, he rested um, on that seventh day. To me, this is the ultimate measure of sonship. This is really um, so, I don't know, it's just... We have to recognize that that new awe, that abiding breath of God that is active, is something that rests within us. Um, so, 
Yeah, and and the I think just we're going to be touching on these things for the next I don't know how many sessions we'll do of this, but just as a thumbnail for everybody, you know, the breath of God, the ruach, is the way God is. He's appealing. If you say I'm willing to partner with God, and I'm giving Him my first fruits then you become an agent of that, a nuach. Mm -hmm. But you are then pressing forward to welcoming the, the dwelling presence of that spirit in a manucha kind of a thing. So uh, sometimes people get confused about what's the difference between ruach and nuach. And sim simply put, if you are moving in a nuach thing, that means that you're you're functioning in the Lord. You're you're offering first fruits. You're obeying prophetically, and God's Spirit is with you. And that has an effect in the spirit realm. You know, somebody like that. The Bible says that the enemies round about quake at that. You know, and that that has an influence. But that's not the end. I mean, those are functional. Ruach and Nuach are functional parts of what we've been talking mm -hmm. about. But they are not the end result. Mm. So that's just the thumbnail because we're talking about a lot of terms here. Sometimes it's helpful to know what's the main progression of this. And that, in essence, is it. Yeah, I think it was just it was really important for us to establish the Sabbath and the mm -hmm. Shabbat and what that means for us as a people. And and yet also see that. That 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 place of rest that god did that he also calls us to do is resting in his breath yeah it is that actively abiding breath of god which is the new law yeah and so that is our rest yeah and who is he resting with on that seventh day with his sons people who have been partnering with yeah. him yeah and um that's really significant to see Oh, doesn't God love everybody? Isn't oh, of course. See, that's the thing about God. He can be, he can be. He is benevolent. He's loving, and he's everywhere, with everyone. The breath of life from him is within every human being. That's God. But with all due respect to those who just think that as soon as you're born again, you've got it all. That just doesn't line up with a with the plethora of Scripture, with the full counsel of God. So in this Sabbath, who God is dealing with are those who have said, I will be a first fruits. I will partner with you in this. I will obey you. I'm with the program. I'm committed fully. The best of the best, which is Pentecost, which is the ecclesia. Yeah, I think it would be good for us to read Ezekiel 44. Um, I can read it. Ezekiel 44, verses 29 and 30. It says, They shall eat the meat offering and the sin offering and the trespass offering, and every dedicated thing in Israel shall be theirs. And the first of all the first fruits of all things and every oblation of all of every sort of your oblations shall be the priests. Ye shall also give unto the priests the first of your dough, that he may cause the blessing of Nuah in thine house. Hmm. And so 
you know, you talk about being that first fruits individual. I mean, first fruits was established at Pentecost. That was the feast of first fruits. And at that time, his rest is promised upon those who give him the best of the best of the best. And, and really, that's, that's what he requires of us. And so as, you know, as those that consider ourselves as Pentecostals, which we still do, um, we're called to be those first fruits individuals before our Father and, and really to offer those things to him. But then at the same time, he, the gifts of the Father were given to us on that feast of first fruits. And so it really speaks of just the continuing work of that Sabbath existence for us to function in the mystery, to function in the gifts of the Father, to really bring forth his mystery and, 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 and really his creative nature and what he intends to do. Yeah, and an oblation is not just whatever you darn well please. It's something that everybody knows this is required. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to provide what is necessary because it is what is required. And, you know, sometimes we read these words and we just think, oh, you know, an oblation, that's a funny word <laughs> in English. I don't even know what it is in French. It's probably even funnier. <laughs> and if I tried to pronounce it in French, it would be funnier still. But an oblation is something that is required which is why an angel comes to visit the prophet at the evening oblation mm. because he is partnering with something. The person is partnering with something that God has required and they are meticulously fulfilling that, which is angelic, which is that common ground. It's not just willy nilly. Oh, you know, I just didn't have it this week. You know, I, yeah, you know, I'm doing my best. Well, God wants you to do your best, and he does look, but it's always toward an eye is, what do I need to do to fulfill what my Father is wanting? Yeah. And I'm offering that for him. It's, it's, it's interesting. And I, I see it as a responsibility as the priest and the prophet. I mean, obviously as a saint, but this is talking about in the Lord's house, and the priest is the one you're giving it to so that he can cause the blessing. Well, I mean, the Lord is the one that blesses, but I just see it being something that we need to take responsibility for in that priestly role. And it's a prophetic walk because yeah. you're, you're waiting on the Lord to show you the next step. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's a strange connection. Like we talk about first fruits and we say it's the best of what you love the most. And it is that, but there also is the spirit saying I need this. Mm -hmm. Will you give as a sacrifice what is the best of what you love to provide for what I need? Like when the prophet was there with all those starving sons of prophets and this dude arrives with all of these loaves of bread and he gives that and it becomes a first fruits and a nuach then comes. That wasn't just saying, hey, you know what? I've got this bumper harvest. I'm going to pick out the best that I have and just give it. Oh, God will be pleased with that. There was a functional application of that. 
and um, God's always searching. You know, he looks for an intercessor, couldn't find one. Why? To do this task. So it's not just the best of what you are, even though it is that, the best of your harvest, even though it is that. There will be, through the still small voice, okay, I want you to give this because of this. And then that provides. It's, it's an oblation thing, which is why the nuach comes. So it's interesting. It's just very interesting. How do I know that? Do you think that guy with the bread knew? You know, they didn't have internet. Oh, you know, I've been watching his broadcast. They're hungry. I'm going to go. No, they didn't have that. Somehow the Spirit said, okay, you got a bumper harvest here. Why don't you go and take this to the prophet? He had to obey that. And when he did, it provided for a need to prophets. It's that if you give a cup of water to a prophet, you get a prophet's reward. And that generated the nuach. It's interesting, but it's all about the purpose, and it's all about providing. So you can't separate that. And you have to hear the Spirit. You know, this is another thing that has just been so real to me just through through this season because you know first fruits when we think about first fruits i think oftentimes when we think about oblation or giving we think about financial you know giving to the church you know whatever that might be but god is god is wanting the best of who we are he's wanting the best of our time Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's wanting the best of our energy and our strength he he's wanting the best of of our existence and I have found, you know, how often is it that you think, oh, I'll go and pray when I finish this or when I finish this or when I get done with this? Because you make all those things a priority over your calling to go and spend time with the Lord. And, and I'm not saying it's a scheduling thing. I'm saying it's a heart thing. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times have we, well, I'll, I'll spend time with the Lord after I do this, this, and this, this, and then it's, 10 o'clock at night and you lay down exhausted to spend your time with the Lord. Is that the best of who you are? And I speak to myself because I have found more and more that when I give him the best of my day, when that is like the first fruits of my thinking Mm -hmm. is, Lord, what do you want today? And he says, I want you to go to the sanctuary and spend an hour with me. But I promised I would do this and I've got to study this, you know, and even the things that we do in ministry, He's wanting the best of our heart. He's wanting us to put him first, our our commune with him, our fellowship with him. And when I do that, it's like it's like it's an open channel. I mean, I it's a, I almost instantly step into his rest and his presence, his face. I can move fluidly with him. It is just so remarkable. So I just want to encourage everyone, make that an activation of your life to where every morning you get up and say, Lord, what is, what is the best that you want for me today? Of my existence, of my time, of, it could be money, it could, you know, whatever it is. But um, I just want to encourage you to do that because he will meet you there. And, and the blessing of his rest will be upon your house upon your spiritual house i promise you that and i love this too because you know blessing is that barak and that is kneeling before god for strength for promotion for anointing or commissioning in his covenant blessing 
So it just all flows so beautifully according to the fulfillment of his divine plan through all of us. You, you made me think of a New Testament scripture, so I haven't checked the, the word for rest, but my yoke is easy and my burden is light because he provides, he gives you the burden and he provides. Yeah. So for you to be able to fulfill it. Yeah. And that's in Matthew 11. Yeah. It's excellent. God is just so good. <laughs> He's just so good. So we don't want to confuse anyone but we're going to we're going to hop we're going to hop over and unless there's something at, at the beginning of it that you guys want to add to where we are otherwise we're going to hop into the understanding of the manuka excellent excellent how much time do we have we have 15 minutes okay so um i think that Monica was just talking about your household and um, you know we, we talk about this Sabbath she was talking about you personally and then your household then your local body of saints that you're with and really what we are as individuals um what is the blessing of the Lord? What can we believe as the blessing of the Lord for um, for a Sabbath person? And again, it is not legalism. It is not. It is not um, because you know in the New Testament, Paul regularly said, and and the New Testament says that the people whom this was given to would not enter into it. They would not participate in it, even though they were meticulously following Levitical um, legalizations for that seventh day. You know, they complained to Jesus, oh, your disciples ate on the seventh day. Oh, you healed this person on the seventh day. They were always battling that. So even though they had preserved the day on the calendar, they did not enter into it. So for those who are committed to these things we've talked about what can you expect for the blessing of the Lord in your life I think the first part of it is and again it's not works it's not legalism but if you're doing to the best of your ability what we what we've seen from the word if you are a saint and you're saying I want to partner with you. I want to be your son. I want to be your bride. I'm going to welcome your glory. I'm going to do what you ask me to do. I'm going to be on my knee before you to be commissioned and then fill that, fulfill that. I'm going to be an agent of your glory. If you have done all those things and give first fruits and don't ever leave that, let that leave, honoring time spent with God where you're reflecting on what he has done and looking forward expectantly to the new did I forget anything Mm. we talked about Mm -mm. the promise of blessing is yours but it's to me it's from that standpoint of being 
that person who is partnered with God. That's your strength. It's not just that you've grabbed a lot of scriptures. It's not that you're arguing with the devil or you find yourself insisting upon some promise, even though we have to know the word and we have to stand against the enemy. But what should you believe for for the blessing of the Lord? Well, the first thing for me is, Father, I thank you that you've shown this as our eternal identity and my mission as a saint my mission in teaching people to be sons my mission in teaching people how to commune with you and to interpret how to study your word how to function as pneumatikos individuals and to do that wherever you open wherever your spirit opens the door around the world that's our mission and it's preparing people for the time of the end which we're in that's our mission we've devoted to that from that standpoint as we seek first the kingdom and that righteousness God adds things and as we've said many times that blessing is something that the father who is partnering with you pours out in ways that are uh, uh, that are glorious but but that's I think where a lot of people are right now a lot of saints are yeah we're in this moment of transition and God has provided miraculously in many ways his blessing is all around us it's like he is refurbishing it's like he's replenishing it's like he is giving Barak type of commissionings for what's coming all of those things are pouring into us but there's also the tangible provision for what you need in your house, what you need in your body, what you need in your, in your relationships, in your business. And so and I'm, I'm, I'm applying this because I think we probably should begin the next broadcast talking about Manuka because it is a big, big, powerful topic. But perhaps we can prophetically minister into the people that are listening in the, in the nine minutes we have left the blessing of the Lord for having walked with him in this way. What are the needs out there? You know, I'm, I'm just going to speak very general. Generally, I know that there is one particular saint I'm thinking about that we've been praying for who's facing a major surgery very soon somebody that God has called and positioned for such a time as this. There's another saint who has just had a death in the family and is processing how that calling that she has and how her domestic situation and a, a burden of financial debt is there. There are others who are in between jobs who are looking for a provision. There are others who are just about to to begin a life together in being betrothed to one another. How do you welcome this blessing? Well, to me, I think it has to begin by saying we're covenant people. It's not of works, but all of these things that 
God says, you do these things, and from this point, I'm going to be with you. But as an individual who might be in one of these situations, who's listening to us right now, how do you tap in, or, or even a physical need in your body? You're in pain right now. You're, you're battling things in the spirit realm. How do you tap into this from this standpoint? Because I, I think that so often when challenges come, we start scrambling for answers and we, we have had a tendency to go back into a general church mode and abandon this footstool that we've labored with God to establish and we start doing all these things and thinking that that's what God's looking at when he's really looking at the thing he's labored with you to establish that's where he is and that's your point of power so maybe you're listening to this right now and you say yes I'm I'm a saint I'm in need I I love the Lord I've I've tried my very best to apply these principles and to serve God in the place where he's called me we we stand together with you and we ask that the father our father would release his touch to you dear saint as you stand right now at this transitional seventh day moment in that place where you have labored with God to welcome his kingdom and we ask that the father would visit you even in this moment and touch you and strengthen you and provide for you we we release the blessing of the Lord to you now in Jesus name Amen. I was just going to declare some of the promises from that that Leviticus uh, scripture that's what I was just reading through Amen. which was you know like pastor had talked about earlier if you prepare your soil and you don't sow in it it's it's being um, replenished and then the find the scripture so he says if you keep my statutes which is that preparing you know and you're obeying the commandments then he'll give you rain in due season and the land shall yield her increase and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit so you'll be fruitful in this process and so we speak that fruitfulness and we speak that yes. provision that rain and yes um, because you were obedient and that protection Amen. Amen. It's good. Amen. Um, I guess uh, just to share from my heart for for all of us, for those that are listening, I don't want to do anything apart from God. I don't want to do anything outside of His His breath. Yes. And I, you know, I think about the closest thing. It's not the same, but it, in so many ways it overlaps is the whole principle of abiding. You mentioned the fruitfulness and that, you know, the passages in the book of John, particularly maybe 
chapter 15 where Jesus, he says, I do nothing apart from my Father. I want to be that way. I, I want to do nothing apart from my Father. I want to be one with him. I want his spirit, his wind, his breath to blow through me continually. I don't want to strive. I don't want to do anything in my own strength. I don't want to prophesy what I think. I want to be so dead to my flesh that he is flowing through me in every, every part of me. And, and so when you abide in the vine, when you abide, when you're one with him, it's, it's his breath that is flowing through you to bring forth fruitfulness. And yes, he prunes it. And he's, we've, this whole season where he's been teaching us about this, he's been pruning. Even things that look like they're fruitful, that are fruitful, that are beautiful in us, he's pruning them because he says, you know, he's saying there's more. Yes. There, there's, there's more that's going to come through me. And I'm, I'm not a botanist, so I don't really understand how that flows through the vine, but I know that we are the branches and he is the vine and he wants to flow his spirit and his breath through us so that we can be not only effective, we can be fruitful and move in his power. And, and so I just speak that over all of you that you would do nothing, that that would be your heart to do nothing apart from your father. And that you would take that deep breath in and you would allow that breath, that spirit of the new the Lord to not only rest upon you, but just to saturate you and just to, to really become your existence and all that you do, because it is, it is, it is so life-giving. And you mentioned that's very powerful, that pruning, you know, last, last Sunday, we spoke about Abraham when he was burying Sarah and that was uh, a first issuance passage. Um, for uh, being able to to move in uh, the paga, and some of the things you may be facing now that you um, that you are asking God, oh God, please come and do something. Uh, we may be binding, trying to bind and rebuke something that God is doing. He may be transitioning your you and pruning. He may be refining he may be chastening so we have to as you just mentioned we have to be careful that we distinguish between whether this is something that god wants to provide for or something that god is taking away in anticipation of a point of fruitfulness and i think we've experienced all of that in these season but yeah. um i uh, i think that wherever you are though if we keep our focus on the fact that God's partnering with us, we're in a Sabbath moment on a grand scale, uh, and on an eternal scale, that all of these blessings and all of these things that we've talked about today are happening in your life now. I didn't mean to interrupt, but you mentioned that pruning, and I think that's an important factor prophetically mm-hmm. for what some, maybe all of us are going through and have gone through those things we need to cease yeah and too i mean it can we all have great ideas i mean we (laughs) 
we could and and that's another part of this i mean we we can be really good at what he's called us to do and 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 we can do it well but we don't want to do it apart from him yeah. we want his spirit to flow through every part of this ministry mm-hmm. and it to be fully his spirit we are just in submission to that and we are just the the conduit of that and so i i know that's where we're going and i know that's what's necessary for the saints to thrive in this day ahead and the days ahead so i think that we are going to wrap it up for this session i hope that you all have been blessed by this discussion i'm so thankful to for these two that um are with me in this and um we bless you we we speak his blessing of rest upon you and and just ask you just to meditate on these scriptures and just to meditate on what the lord is saying and really step into it because this is this is he this is this is for us from our father and so we're just very thankful for that so we conclude and um until we meet again we just speak that blessing over you in the name of jesus Amen. amen so have a beautiful day and uh We'll see you back here on the Seasons Broadcast for Session 2 very soon, where we will talk about the Manuka (laughs) and a multitude of other things. So God bless you.